0: What it do, baby! Yeah, you already know. What it do, baby? What it do? What it do, Clubination. Welcome back to Shoot the Trey. I am of course your host, Trey Gamble, and we are back for yet another episode, another Monday. Of course, we are back recapping the last week of games. I'm um, starting off with the Cavs game. Before we get into that, make sure you guys subscribe, <laughs> subscribe, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at TreyLAC underscore, that is T-R-E-Y-L-A-C underscore, live tweet Clipper games, you know, just any kind of uh, Clipper fan on Twitter would do, um, follow me for, you know, my analysis, I live tweet most of the games, um, not so much the away games because I don't get to watch those as much because I'm working, but. Um, All the home games, I'm always tuned into those um, and most of the away games as well. But um, we're going to get right into it. We might have a little bit of a lengthy episode today. I have a lot of notes that I want to go over. I want to also throw some stats at you guys today. I'm going to go all nerd on you guys and get into some numbers today. Um, But yeah, um, I've been kind of thinking about uh, possibly bringing back the blog, Um, you know, because I used to do that a little over a year ago. Uh, I would just break down random topics and just kind of write about them. So I'm kind of thinking about bringing that back. Um, If you guys are interested in that and uh, reading that, then uh, let me know. But uh, it might be something I do, Um, but we'll see. Just more of like a deeper dive um, into, you know, like the advanced stats and stuff is what I would probably do um, on the blog, uh, just so I don't have to talk about it as much on here. Um, But hopefully I'm going to try not to make this too long winded uh, because I'm obviously by myself again. Um, so we're going to kind of just break down the games real quick and just kind of talk about them. Um, we're going to start off with this Cavs game back on November 7th. So this is a week ago today. Um, Cavs on an eight game winning streak. They have not lost since opening night. Um, and right off the bat, uh, Reggie Jackson looks really good out of the short role, making really good decisions. And I pray, and I wish at this time that this was maybe like a turnaround for him, you know, cause he's been so bad with the ball all season long. And, but coming out of this game, he was just looked really, really good. You know, Paul George hitting him in the short roll. Reggie pivoting towards the basket. Either, you know, shooting a little floater right there or kicking it out to shooters. He was just making the right decision every single time. Um, so he looked really, really good. Uh, Luke Kennard um, came back finally. Um, played 12 minutes in this one. Kind of getting back into game shape after missing uh, a few games with that chest uh, discomfort. So, thank God he's back. Thank God he's okay, more importantly. Um, Terrence Mann got the start in this one. And um, this past week, Terrence Mann has slowly started to look like himself again, which has been awesome. We really have needed that. And uh, I just really... uh, I was really pleased with his aggressiveness. Um, He had a really good game. Um, Norman Powell... um, Kind of starting to turn around a little bit offensively, at least defensively, still has been uh, by far, you know, like the worst defensive player on the team, um, net, net, net rating wise. Uh, I don't have the stats, but uh, I've just seen him on Twitter. Uh, shout out 213 Clipset, who always has those uh, advanced stats. Um, so, I just Norm, I mean, he's just been coming around a little bit offensively, but defensively has still been just terrible, net negative all around. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I will get more stats to uh, back that up eventually. Um, <clears throat> but the biggest story in this one uh, was the Clippers' fifteen. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Oh my gosh, the Clippers' fifteen-zero run in the final few minutes of the game. They were down one twelve to one hundred. And storm back, 115-112. Norman Powell had that crazy and one to tie the game, but he missed the free throw, unfortunately. And then, of course, Paul George had that and one on Isaac Okoro to give the Clippers a three-point lead. And they did not look back after that one. Clippers win that one. Um, it was a really good game. A really, really good win against the Cavs that were on an eight-game win streak. then transitioning into this laker game luke is back in the starting lineup paul george coming out aggressive in that first quarter looked really really uh, solid in that first quarter um but paul george let's talk about his defense real quick just more more so off the ball and like navigating through screens and stuff man he has been so good defensively just on both sides of the ball he's just been an absolute tank for the clippers um just him and zoo anchoring that uh Defense for us. Let me actually see where the Clippers are ranked defensively. Uh, let me see. Uh, I'm on the NBA advanced stats right now. Um, let's look at fan stats. I want to see. I think the Clippers are still a top three defense. The Clippers are third in defensive rating this season. They're actually tied for second um, at 107.5 uh, with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Milwaukee is by far the you know the best uh, defensive team in the league right now. Um, a whole four points, almost four points above the Phoenix Suns. Um, Clippers still have the third best defense, and it's really impressive because all the Clippers' guards have been so bad defensively outside of, you know, Terrence Mann. Um, Reggie Jackson, terrible on defense. John Wall has been really, really bad on defense. Norman Powell got off on defense. And I, I think Norman Powell's defense, when he when we traded for him, was overrated. Um, Everyone called him a two-way guy, clearly has not been the case i mean just because the guy has a long wingspan does not make him a good defender um he, he, i mean he has to be able to move laterally he has to be able to move navigate through screens <clears throat> i think the worst person the worst guard defender is, uh reggie jackson sometimes uh just the way he just he just dies on every single screen it's just so annoying to watch he's so lazy i tweeted the other day reggie jackson is so lazy and i love reggie jackson with my whole heart um, he really won me over after his Sanity run in the 2021 playoffs, but man, he has been, he's been so bad. I think the biggest thing hes he's just been, uh, Ty's just given him way too much of a role. Um, he's just been giving too much, he's been giving too much responsibility at this stage of his career. I think if we kind of look back when Reggie Jackson first was traded to the Clippers or he was bought out and signed, um, by the Clippers, I think. When he was just coming in as a catch and shoot guy, he is so good at that. Um, he's just so so good at that. Um, this season, not has been not he hasn't been as good. Uh, let me actually see if I can find his uh, catch and shoot numbers. Uh, I wonder if I can uh, track it here. Um. Uh, I'll probably get those numbers in a minute here, but um, Reggie in the catch and shoot has always been good. And he's always been that way his entire career, I feel like. Um, just from watching him, uh, he's always been a great catch and shoot three point guy. Um, not as much this season. He's shooting really bad from deep. He's just been playing bad in general. But, um, man, just that, that. Oh my gosh. I, Reggie being this bad offensively doesn't even, don't even get me started on how he's been defensively. Just the whole Clippers point guard rotation this season has just not been good. John Wall started off really, really well in the season, and I'll to say I was really, really high on him when we signed him. Um, he's just not that guy. Um, he just, he pounds the ball too much, he's just, let's just say, I'll dive into the stats a little bit later, but he just, he the way he dribbles and pounds the ball, he still thinks he's in 2016, which is annoying, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, let's jump into the game versus the Lakers. Uh, we kind of already touched on it a little bit uh, with Paul George's defense. Uh, 17-3 to Clippers run in the first quarter. Um, then the Lakers ended up tying it. Um, the Clippers had a really, really, really bad second quarter. I think the Lakers tied it around 48. Um, Luke Kennard continues um, to just prove everyone wrong. Uh, what I mean by that is everyone thought he was going to be the odd man out of the rotation. Um, but he's been... He's been, he's probably, Luke Canard's been the Clippers' best guard this season. I feel pretty confident in saying that. Um, just, yeah, I, I easily, I feel confident as hell saying that. Uh, he's been the best guard this season. Um, the fact that I can say that Luke Canard is an average defender is a really good development because he was just so god-awful when he was uh, first traded to the Clippers. Um, and, you know, coming off of those uh, the knee tendonitis he had in Detroit, um, he hasn't really had any injuries, like, in his lower body since he's been a Clipper, so the him healing off of that has been, I, I think it's done wonders for him defensively. Um, and just for his health in general, gluconar has always been available. Um, it's been really, really nice, and he's been the Clippers' best guard this season, um, and I feel very confident in saying that. He needs to start, um, or not even start, he just needs to get a lot of minutes off the bench at the very least. Um, let's talk a little bit about John Wall and his shooting threes and how, how great he is at them. Um, John Wall needs to just stop shooting the ball in general. Um, he just needs to get downhill, um, and just not pound the ball as much. Just, or just swing it. Literally just swing it. Anytime John Wall shoots a three, it should just be counted as a turnover because that's pretty much what they are. He's still shooting like 20% from three. Um, excuse me. I thought in that second quarter, uh, there wasn't enough Paul George, but too much Marcus Morris. Um, that was my biggest takeaway from that Lakers comeback uh, in that first half. Was, there was just too much uh, Marcus Morris post-ups in the mid, uh, mid-post. mid um, Just wasn't really getting them to go. Um, I thought Robert Covington should have gotten a look in this one, but he didn't. Uh, maybe COVID recovery. But him being out of the rotation isn't terribly weird. Because he's not been good as a Clippers small ball five to start the year. So I'm not totally worried about that, but I just kind of thought, I think it's been weird. He's been catching DMPs the past few games. Um, I just think it's kind of weird that guys like him and Amir Coffee, who I think really deserves a look for these small ball lines. The Clippers do want to go small. And I, I, let me just say, I totally disagree with Ty Lu going small without Roko and Kawhi. Um, even though is available, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's still dealing with the COVID stuff. Um, hopefully he's alright. But without Kawhi, the small ball stuff has been so bad. Uh, Nika Batum has been really bad this season up until, you know, last game where he, uh, he had a bunch of blocks. Uh, I can't remember what game was that. I want to say that was the, I think that was the Nets game, but I just think, uh, Batum has not been great at all. He's just been missing threes. Um, not defending as well, but last game, uh, he had his best, game defensively at least um Clippers beat the Lakers win five out of the last six uh including nine in a row against the Lakers we have not lost to the Lakers since 2020 in that bubble uh fuck the bubble by the way um really really bad time in Clipper history but just a bad time in uh NBA history in general um let's jump into some side notes the Clippers dropped their city edition jerseys and they looked really really good in that game against the Nets when they wore them they looked solid I really really liked them um I got that check mark on Twitter. You know, I had to, uh, had to get that Twitter boot because I'm on Twitter so much. So it was just like, fuck it. I'll just get it. Uh, maybe it'll get my podcast seen a little bit more. Um, and, you know, maybe it'll kind of, I don't know, maybe it'll help me grow the pod a little bit, uh, grow the Twitter a little bit, uh, find more, uh, people to interact with. Um, so yeah, I got that check mark, uh, certified now, I guess. I don't know, I don't know but it's pretty cool. Um, and then we finally got a report. Um, Ty Lucas playing five on five, um, on the 11th. So a few days ago, three days ago, he's playing five on five. Uh, Joel Embiid had 59 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, and seven blocks. Almost had a 60 point quadruple double. That is easily one of the, uh, craziest performance, single game performances of all time. Just a 60 point quadruple double would have been insane. All right. Let's jump into this final game against the Nets here. Um, Kind of had a slow start in this one. This one was uh, a slugfest, uh, I would say. Uh, it was a one PM tip uh, on a Saturday. I think was it Saturday? I think it was Sunday. Or Was it Saturday? I think it, it was Saturday. It was a Saturday tip. Saturday, uh, one PM on a Saturday, and it looked like that. It looked like a Sunday game, like for real. It, Sunday are always the worst, but Saturday looked exactly the same. Uh, Zubats pretty much was in foul trouble this whole entire game, uh, to be honest. He had, uh, two fouls early in that first. He picked up his fourth foul in the early third, but he stayed in, um, was able to keep himself composed. Um, Clippers only had seven points in the first six minutes. Uh, Paul George just did not have it today. Um, shot really, really bad from the field and he just did not look there. Uh, still was playing pretty good defense. Um, the Clippers were trapping KD at the top of the key, um, which forcing him to get rid of it, forcing other guys to beat you. Um, which isn't a bad thing to do um you know he's not like a Luca that can like play make um, as well as he can um so you know forcing him to get rid of the ball I feel like Kevin Durant's never really been good like with double teams like passing the ball I don't know if that's just me but I just feel like I've seen him turn it over so much um I don't know maybe that's just me but I don't know I just feel like um uh, he makes some poor decisions out of the, uh, when he gets double teamed. but maybe that's just me um let me look at the box score here on this one. Um... If you want to give a player of the game to someone other than Kevin Durant, it would be Seth Curry. Seth Curry killed us. I think he had... He had 22, but how many did he have in the fourth quarter? Uh... Fourth quarter. Seth Curry had... He was 5 and 6 in the field. 14 points in the fourth quarter. Really, really killed us. Pretty much, um... Just... It just killed the Clippers. That simple. Forced uh, Tylee to weigh the white flag with a few minutes left. Um... I just want to say I think Amir Coffee deserves more of a look um with these small ball lines, like if we do want to go small um Amir I feel like he's shown some playmaking chops a little bit um I mean if guys like uh Reggie and John aren't getting it done um I think I just think Amir deserves a look with his athleticism and his ability, he can rebound pretty well I just think he just he deserves a little bit more of a look, at least maybe a, at one meaningful shift that's not in garbage time. I don't know where that comes from, but I just think he just, he needs a look. I mean, last season he played really, really well um, with those small ball lineups, but I don't know. I just feel like he deserves more of a look. Maybe that's just me. Um, the Nets went on a 15-0 run uh, in that fourth quarter, and Ty Lue closed. Uh, a, this Nets game was a really, really bad Ty Lue game. Um and Tyler's been questionable for most of the year, in my opinion, to be honest with you. Um he he, clo- he took out Zubots and closed with Mook at center with a three guard lineup. Uh it was disgusting. I did not like it at all. Um I don't know. Ty's made some questionable decisions this year. Um I just think, you know, going small this much, when you I mean, we call ourselves Wingstop, but we're literally just playing all of our guards together, um, and giving guys like oh my god, excuse me. Giving guys you know, Amir Coffee played two minutes in this game. Um Terrence Man played nineteen minutes, uh, finally getting a minutes increase. Norman Powell played twenty six. Norman Powell is slowly coming back to his own. Um, offensively at least. Robert Covington didn't even play. Like if we have all these wings and we're just opting to play John Wall twenty five minutes. Reggie Jackson still getting thirty plus minutes every single game. I don't know. I don't know how he I don't know what's Tyleo seeing, but I don't know. I just think, you know Reggie Jackson needs to get his minutes significantly cut. Um, probably the same for John Wall if he's just going to keep shooting these dumbass threes and shit. I, I, that shit is just... Oh my god. Just, might as well just go the other way. Um, Robert Covington, only player to not get a... that uh, to not play. Didn't even play in garbage time, which kind of is alarming. Maybe he is dealing with COVID stuff. Um, but hopefully he is not. Um, but I, I'm just not sure why he didn't even go in Garbage time, like I said, it's probably the stuff. He's still recovering, anyways. Let's uh, let's move on to some closing thoughts. I'm gonna throw some stats to you guys as well. Um, it came out the other day that Mike Conley thought he was gonna get traded to the Clippers, and that would have been kind of nice if you really look at it like, think about it like, if we could have made a consolation trade to you know get rid of some of the guard. Um, there's too many guards. We have a guard log jam between Reggie, John, Luke Kennard. Who should not be traded? Um Norman Powell. We could have maybe gotten rid of one or two of those guys to get Mike Conley, maybe. Um, and then you know, maybe we don't have John Wall. We have Isaiah Hartenstein with that uh MLE instead. I don't know. Things could have been a lot different. But the Clippers opted to not trade for Mike Conley. I don't know how much uh uh I don't know how much how if that has legs or not, but uh, Mike Conley to the Clippers would have been really, really nice. Uh, he's a lot better and you know playmaker than you know what Reggie and John are these days. Um, Reggie's never really been much of a playmaker. Ty Lewis said uh, he kept Reggie Jackson in that game because he wanted extra playmaking. I don't know what the hell that boy is seeing out there, but man, Reggie Jackson ain't no fucking playmaker. Uh, he did have six assists in this one. I'll give him that, but man, that's probably a season high. Um, the Clippers have a uh, 104.6 offensive rating. An 107.5 defensive rating as we currently speak, a negative 2.8 net rating, and here's an interesting stat: 17 teams in the league have a negative net rating, and only two have a winning record. None of the Wizards and the Clippers. So the Clippers are very lucky to have a um, a winning record. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. All right, final stats. We're going to talk more about John Wall. I feel like I've piled a lot on John Wall in this episode. I don't hate that guy at all. I actually really do like him. I'm really glad he's on the team. But he's just been so he's just been so meh um, since, you know, the, like the first week of the season, in my opinion. But, um, you know, I just kind of wanted to gather some stats um, on him. And 213Clips uh, on Twitter gave me this idea to kind of, um, you know... He, uh, he had these stats on Twitter, and then I was like, hmm, I'm going to compare him to John Wall's 2016-2017 season. His best season of his career, where he averaged 23-10. and 10, But, uh, spoiler alert, John is not that guy anymore. All right, John Wall, this season, so far, and guys of the league who have minimum 200 touches this year. John Wall is fourth in the league in average seconds per touch. He's behind, get this, Luka Doncic. Trey Young, John Morant. That's what the list goes. It goes Luca, Trey, Ja, John Wall. And let me tell you he's ahead of. He's ahead of Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, and Shea Gilders Alexander. Those are guys that he's ahead of. Let me tell you, all those guys, like, all those guys are like the lead guards on really, really good teams. John Wall is not a lead guard on a really, really, really good team as we currently stand. He should not be dribbling. He should not be having a f- six seconds per touch. He's just pounding the ball. He's literally just pounding the ball like how he did when he was with the Wizards back in 2016 17. Now, let me get into this. Uh, John Wall, in his best season of his career, where he averaged 23 and 10 in 2016 2017. So, John Wall this year has a. F- he's dribbling the ball for 5.91 seconds every time he touches the ball. So, every time he gets the ball, he's dribbling for about six seconds off the shot clock. Granted, some of that is him bringing the ball up, but a lot of it is he's not always bringing the ball up every single time. Um, You know, he has Paul George. I mean, he's played some minutes with Reggie Jackson. A lot of it is, uh, it's variance, but um, still, being up there with all those guys is uh, not, not okay. Not okay. All right. Anyways, John Wall, in his best season of his career, led the league in average seconds per touch uh with guys who had minimum of 5000 touches at 6.39 seconds per touch that's uh like not even half a second more um and not even half a second more than this season um which is um so let me let me put it this way John Wall is only holding the ball for 0.4 seconds less poor touch than he did in his best season of his career. Just let that sink in for a second. John Wall is still holding the ball like he's some superstar in the league, which is crazy. Um but that that's just what the stats say. Um bottom line, John Wall should not have the ball this much, but that's just what he's used to. And uh someone's gonna have a have a chat with him um, if that continues because he does not have you know the offensive capabilities anymore that he used to have um doesn't have the playmaking anymore um as much as he used to. He's averaging about five assists per game, which is nice, but if he's getting these superstar touches like this and he's only and he's putting up like twelve and six, 12 and five a game, uh the those touches are not justified, uh in my opinion. I don't think it takes a genius to kind of figure that out. Um another style he's also third in average dribbles per touch. Um, with 5.32, he only trails Luka Doncic and Trey Young, who are two of the, what, four best point guards in the league? Two of the best three point guards in the league? What is it, like, Luka, Steph, and Trey, best three point guards in the league? Is that, that's, I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, John Ball is not, uh, the third best point guard in the league and does not deserve to be third in average dribbles per touch. Now let's, um... Oh, I actually forgot to put the stat up. Um average dribbles per touch. Okay. Uh let me actually write this down. Um Okay. Got the last stat. Oh yeah. Okay. Jumal third and third in average dribbles per touch. Um minimum guys that have uh 200 touches this season. That's like the bare minimum for like you know guys that have the ball a lot um, at this point of the season. That's kind of what I based it off of. 200 touches on the year just to kind of get because you want you don't want to filter it all because if you have a guy that's only touched the ball one time this season and dribbled it for 10 seconds, he's going to be at the top of the list. Obviously, so you got to kind of filter it out, kind of get a good you know number. Um, okay. Anyways, um, he's third in dribbles, average dribbles per touch uh, about almost uh, about 5.3 uh, dribbles per touch. Behind Luca and Trey Young. In 2016, 2017, he also led the league in average dribbles per touch at 5.95 with guys that had minimum of touches that year. He is still dribbling and holding the ball for way too long. Way too long. Especially at this age. At uh, this stage in his career, John Wall should not be pounding the ball and dribbling the ball this much. Um because not he I don't want to say not much has come out of it, but he's just not he doesn't have that level he's just not that top guy anymore, you know. When you have guys, you know, other guys like Luke Kennard, um, has shown the, a little bit of an ability to playmake. Um you got, Reggie Jackson obviously has not been a playmaker ever since he's been on the Clippers. He's been like a finish like a play finisher where you know you give the ball to him at a three point line shooter or whatever, or he'll just you know, shoot a little footer, whatever. But John Wall's just not he's not he he thinks he's still in twenty seventeen. 2016, 2017, I should say. Um, don't get me wrong, I love the guy, I love John. Um, I'm rooting for him so hard, but man, he's just uh, just too much of him for in my for my in my honest opinion, uh, just a little too much of him. Um, just kind of cut it down a little bit. Um, if I'm Ty Lue, um, I just really, really think that like having a point guard in your lineup nowadays at all times is so overrated, especially when we have you know. When we've had, you know, this group of guys for so long, like this core group of guys that have been together for three years now, like this is year three, um, of like this core being together or year four of the Kawhi and PG era. Anyways, year three of like, you know, guys like Luke Kennard being here, Batum being here, you know, uh, Marcus Morris being here. Marcus is in his fourth year here. It's weird. Um, uh, there's just, these guys know how to play with each other and, you know, just giving the ball to John Wall for six, like six, like about six seconds every single possession for of him just dribbling, um, just not really it for me. When you have you know guys that have been playing together for you know a lot longer, um, and have had success offensively, um, you know over the years, it's just it doesn't really make more sense to me. And I think that could kind of fix you know the offensive struggles. You know, just kind of cut back on the point guard minutes. You know, give them to the guys like Luke Kennard, um, or like even Amir Coffee, man, Amir Coffee, I think should be getting a look, man, Amir has decent playmaking chops, in my opinion. He can get downhill, he can kick it out, he can do whatever. I just think, you know, he's just not getting enough of a look, which really, really sucks. Uh, But anyways, we're going to end on a positive note here. Um, This morning, Shams Charania, of course, said Kawhi is really, really close to returning, so it's getting scary. It's getting very, very scary around here, ladies and gentlemen. But anyways, we're going to wrap it up here. Sorry it's a little bit of a long-winded episode. Uh, I might actually uh, make a blog post and break down, you know, the whole John Wall Uh, situation but uh we'll see i still need to kind of you know get the website up and running again if i do decide to do that but anyways if you guys did enjoy make sure you guys do uh leave a rating at least some feedback you know what i could do better besides uh stop stuttering um you know what i could do to kind of shorten up these episodes or if any of you guys wanted to you know come on and chop it up a bit uh, i'm trying to i want to get some guests on eventually so i uh, appreciate you guys if you guys want to follow me on twitter that is Trey lac underscore t-r-e-y l-a-c underscore and i'll see you all in the next one peace